So hello again, this is Steve Taylor. Thanks for joining us today on another one of our my podcasts called the Do It For Yourself podcast. I, I really appreciate those that have been listening, been joining. We hope you're getting some, some value out of this. And you know, the goal of this podcast is really just to kind of uh, speak with and reach out to people that I see they're out there doing it for themselves, some of the challenges, some of the success of, of doing it. And really just have a, a conversation to, to see, you know, for all those others out there of how, what can we learn? You know, what can we gain from someone else's knowledge? So maybe we don't have to do that ourselves and learn the hard lesson, even though it really seems like I've, I've always uh, had to learn it myself to go through that hard lesson. But today I'm really excited to have a guest I've known for, for many, many years. Uh, she got me started in my in my road for yoga, and and I love it. And we'll, we'll talk about her unique path and, and what we're kind of titling here for this podcast is how to unsell your business, uh, which is kind of a, a unique journey. So uh, Terry, if you can introduce yourself. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Terry Cooper Space, and I'm the once again owner of my beloved yoga studio here in Miami called 305 Yoga. Um, and I've been at, at this yoga thing almost 20 years now. And, um, you know, I, I really resonated to the title of this, obviously, because it, it is the story of my life. And it's, it's such a trajectory to let go of a business and then to decide you want it back again. Um, and so I, I was really excited to have this dialogue and this conversation because I haven't really told this story uh, publicly yet. So I think it's, it's the perfect time. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're, you're really, you know, I've known you for a long time, Terry, and, and, you know, it takes so much courage really just to live, but in, in your business, how you put yourself out there and many people can think, well, you have to move forward. You, you, you can't go backwards, right? You can't admit mistakes, move forward with it and all that stuff, but it really takes so much courage to kind of slow down and, and realize, well, you know what, maybe, maybe that wasn't the, 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 the best path for me. So I guess, you know, listen, um, the, the floor is yours. Kind of walk us through, you know, I, I put here uh, and however you want kind of your thoughts, you know, leading up to it and, and why you did the decision. <laughs> Granted, a pandemic occurred in, in, in the in the in-between, but kind of, uh, you know, to go through it and, and so to, to, to share. Sure. So, you know, I started my business um, in 2006, um, always a very humble um, like non-fancy DIY kind of yoga studio anyway. In the first seven years, I, I had other jobs that was paying my, uh, my own life's expenses, my mortgage and my, you know, food and all of those things. And then when the business finally got strong enough to stand on its own and for me to leave my, my many other jobs and just go all in on the studio, it was brilliant and beautiful. I want to, I want to, I want to set the foundation of this entire conversation to say that I have always loved being a yoga studio owner. There was never a time in my life, um, even when I was deciding to sell my business, that I didn't love it or that I didn't love doing what I did. Um, life just sent me in a different direction for a minute. And it kind of happened to me and happened through me more than it was a decision to do it. But by the end there, when I sold the business, it was, you know, it was hefty. It was a hefty thing to carry. And I had started a family. And so I was where I think a lot of working parents are, and especially um, those who decide to stay home and care for their kids. It was a, it was a struggle to find the balance of all of it. 
Terry, can I hone in on one thing really quick, which I, which I love, and it's, it's a story of so many people, like when they're thinking about starting something for themselves, how they should do it, should I do it part-time, should I get investors? You mentioned almost the first seven years, you kind of had other, you know, other gigs to, to, to pay your, your bills and you were starting this. Can you walk through kind of maybe real briefly that process and, and your vision and, and, and the work there to, to get to be the owner that you, that you wanted to be in the resilience? Sure. You know, I never knew I was going to be a business owner. I don't even have a college degree. I just, I found yoga. It saved my life literally and physically. And I knew that I needed to share this incredible practice with as many people as I could. And I didn't really fit in, in other yoga studios. I didn't feel like I looked like them. I didn't have the history like some of the others. Um, my own story and history and all of the things, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but that one, um, it, it led me to wanting to create my own space. And I started with some partners and one by one and bought them all out. And um, it, it really was a, a, a passion project. And I, I never expected to be able to earn a living teaching yoga. Um, I just needed to. It was like I had to do it. It was a part of my karma and my dharma. And um, but over the years, I, I learned that um, in my other jobs, I was responsible and I was meeting goals and and um, and generating significant revenue for other people's businesses. And um, honestly, in the housing market of 08, I lost my apartment um, in the crash and that and I lived there for a year without paying mortgage. And the banks were so behind that they didn't even send me paperwork. Like I didn't even get anything in the mail for a year. That year, I made the brave decision to leave my full-time job. I was running a spa hotel in Miami Beach. And I left my full-time job at that time. And I went all in in the studio. And as soon as I applied myself, like within three or four months, we started to generate enough revenue that I could start to pay myself. And it was like, I had to rip that bandaid off and just, it needed 100% of my attention. And once the business had it, it began to thrive. But the problem with thriving is then you grow. So more teams, more operating procedures, higher budgets. And um, by 2018, my tiny little one room yoga studio was costing $35,000 a month to run. Wow. And I had just had a baby mm -hmm. and that felt heavy. <laughs> and as a small business owner, I think most of your listeners are going to get this. Like if the, if the toilet wasn't flushing, I got called. If a yoga teacher couldn't make it to their class, I'm showing up to the studio with a baby on my hip to teach a class with five minutes warning. Like that type of thing was happening. And, um, and so it was, it was a beautiful, I, I love my business and I love doing it and love being the owner of the studio. And, um, but there was some weight to it and the juggle. And let me um, ask Terry, uh, yeah. I remember we would follow you around. I, you know, you, you had one location, you moved to the other and, and then yeah. you moved back. And I think many people don't understand, right? 2008, you say, well, I just started, I had to go all in all of a sudden it's, it's $35,000 a month. And that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen like overnight, right? It's, it's, it's a gradual progression. So, you know, as you were going through that, what, what were some of the things that, that you were doing, spending time, uh, money on that, you know, and, and growing that once you came to the decision to sell that you're like, you know, man, this, what I thought was a good idea. wasn't a good idea. And like you say, it was, it was falling. It was creating more stress than happiness. Yeah. So my Parkland happened. Parkland happened. And two days after Parkland, I was on a plane for the first time leaving my daughter at grandma's and I flew to Guatemala. <laughs> 
And my husband had a, a work gig there and we went to Lake Atitlan, which is this very sacred, majestic, like the most beautiful place. Like if you've never been there, you wouldn't know that Guatemala is so amazing. But as soon as you land there, it is mystical. And we sat there overlooking volcanoes on this epic lake in the hills in this beautiful, affordable Spanish speaking country. And my husband and I over a bottle of wine joked about what would it be like if we sold everything and moved here? We could buy a retreat center. We could like, we would move forward into this new phase and raise our daughter bilingual and off of the grid. And we'd have organic farm food and all of these things. And I think a lot of people dream of like selling everything and moving to an exotic place. And it just happened to be two days after Parkland, mm -hmm. which was a huge trauma, like a major, major trauma. And here I have this little baby and I'm in the city and, I, and I'm, I'm witnessing how our schools are focused more on compliance than connection. That's another podcast. So we decide to sell and I come home and I'm like, well, let me at least just let's evaluate the business and see this is like, what is it worth? And I realized within the first week of coming home and doing a little bit of research, like a little bit of self-research. I didn't hire anybody, but my business was worth more than my house. My business, my one room yoga studio that I built from nothing was worth more than the value of my three bedroom, two bath house with a pool in Miami. And as soon as I heard that number, everything, all of a sudden it was like, brrr, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed so, to sell this business and move to an exotic place. Walk me, walk us through back of your hand, your napkin. Like a lot, a lot of people yeah. understand your story. They're feeling overwhelmed. They, yeah. You know, there was a couple different events. Yeah. We just want to pack up and, and leave. And, and I, I, you know, probably didn't go to anybody formal or, you know, valuation or anything like that, but you know, kind of what were like the one or two things you looked at that made you yeah. realize like, the, you know, we call them key performance indicators or whatever yeah. they might be that had I'm you all think, about hey, some KPIs. There's, there's some value here. What were, what were the big things you saw that, that even though you decided to sell, you're like, Hey, I did this right. I did this great. Yeah. A, I have invested in my people from the beginning and my staff is very, I've had, most of them have been with me for a really long time. Um, and I invest in them emotionally and energetically, and I really value their well being. So like if their kid's sick, we're going to rearrange if they need a day off because they're stressed out, we're going to give them a day off and, and I'm still going to pay them. Like uh, the people that work with me are so valuable and I wish I had more money to pay them on the every day. It just, you know, the business of yoga is not the most valuable um, daily operating revenue stream you can get, but um, I, I take really good care of them and I train them really well. And I'm obsessed with procedures, anything that gets taught that needs to be taught or trained to someone else or anything that gets done regularly gets a standard operating procedure where we literally screen, I do a screen share, I record everything, I walk them through, this is how you do everything. I'm huge on spreadsheets and Google docs and drives and just really organized on the business side. And I trained my people really well. And I think we also, one of the things we did with just our content at the studio was, I hope to think that we've, treated our guests well and our, our, our community is very loyal and um, we have very little turnover. I have many people who have been with me um, 16, 17 years as students and have been paying membership or dropping in and out or have done retreats and trainings for years. So I, I think that is the number one thing is that we've just had brand loyalty. And I think that's because we're humble. 
you know, we don't have mirrors in our studio and that type of thing where it's a very authentic space. So, and that's a tribute um, to you, Terry. I think, you know, your brand, anytime these small companies, it's you. Like I never think, you know, 305 Yoga, it's a wonderful brand, wonderful name, but I always think you, and that's a tribute to you. And I just want to hone in on one thing you said, which, which is wonderful. And, you know, whenever I'm listening to different other business owners speak, and you talk about the procedures and, you know, the fam- my favorite saying is whatever gets measured gets improved. You know, you have to, you have to know what's going on. That's the only way you can improve it. So yeah, you're doing a lot of great things. Okay. So, so tell me you did the back of the napkin. It's worth more yeah. than your house. Yeah. Then what happens? So I put together my own like sales package and in my sales package, I put five years tax returns um, membership reports, standard operating procedures, reports of like what they are. Um, and I had, uh, P and L's for multiple years and I put together a package and I just listed it myself on two online business sites. It cost me a hundred bucks to list it on each one. Um, or maybe it was like 50 bucks a month or something. It was very small because I only was on the market for three months. Um, I had like 12 or 13 potential buyers within the first week and a half. It was also the time of the world right then pre-COVID and, and the business had, had shown a steady growth and year over year profit for the last five years. And um, the, the buyer who ended up buying for me was a businessman who already owned two Pilates studios, one in Naples, one in, in uh, Boca. And he wanted to get into the yoga game and, um, and he met me at almost my full offer, my full ask. Um, I found my valuation by taking the, my owner's salary. So like everything that with the studio, like my cell phone, my car, my, you know, like everything was running through the business by that point. It took a long time to get there, but at, at 12 years in, everything was running through the business at that point. So I was able to see and calculate and show that I was making, you know, a strong six figure income as the owner and that, and I wasn't even running the business day to day because I had recently had my kid. So hey, I this, is, this is wonderful. Let me ask you. So you did not yeah. hire anybody, right? This is all just you Googling, um, that's awesome. I do it myself. I love it. I mean, you, you're you nailing it. I'm kind of like that my, myself. Do it, do it yourself, right? That's yeah. this podcast. is. That's who I am also. I do my research. I do my yeah. studies. But that's awesome. I know people that pay consultants and brokers tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, and you don't, you said, well, you don't even have a college degree. You happen into a business owner. That's, that's awesome. That's, I mean, yeah. just kudos. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I, I landed in an agreement with the, with the new owner and, um, it took him about six months to like arrange financing and his partners and blah, blah, blah. And so I kept it secret for six months. My back was out the entire six months. Like I was at the chiropractor, like almost daily. I, I was in, I was so twisted up inside. Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? It was like such a scary moment, but it just, at that point in my life of like, and I, I, one of the things that I, 
the gift of all of this has been humility. I've been humbled deeply, deeply by this process. But I, I think I realized like I, I maybe was like a little bit flippant about it. Like I remember saying to my to my partner, like, oh yeah, and if it doesn't work out, I'll just open another studio. I'm like, no, I can't just open another studio. Like what I built and what I created in the community that was there cannot be replaced and just recreated again or somewhere else. Like it is special and magic what what we have here and that's why it was so valuable yeah and it's funny um so we dude paid me 50 percent up front that was gonna and, be my question um, so it's 50 percent up front and then how long was the earn out and then five years okay um which felt great because we were living on that money that he was paying us um because when we moved so we moved to guatemala this is interesting we moved to guatemala and as soon as we got there, my mother-in-law got sick and we had to come back. We were only there three months. Um, our dream of like buying land and create, like I thought I was creating the next thing that I was, that was bigger, more, better, you know, than what I had already created, like that I was growing into what was next for me. And then we couldn't do that. Like universe spirit cosmos said, no, you're going back to Miami. Luckily we didn't sell the house. We were just renting it. So we got our house back and I fell into the worst depression, like before COVID, before everybody else dropped into deep depression. Um, I, within like three months of being home. So, and here's the thing, I, I'm just going to say this. Um, you had mentioned a moment ago, Steve, that like, when you think of the brand, it's me and that the studio is great and the community is great, but it's me. But in reality, they did just fine without me. Okay. They on like they went to a whole year. I didn't even teach there. They did just fine without me. And when I came back from Guatemala at first, I didn't have the humility or the want to go back and teach regular classes. Like I still had these dreams of doing something bigger. So I was launching my online business and all of that. And I felt like I didn't, I was afraid to step back. I didn't want to go back to teaching regular classes. And that just left me like alone in my house all day, working on my computer by myself. And the depression set in and it took me about four or five months from being home. So about nine months after selling to start admitting to myself and my husband that I, that I regretted selling the studio. And the minute this, I admitted it. Cause you were, you were forced to come back and deal with life, right? If you had had to stay in, in Guatemala, you, you never know. I don't know. Do you think you you would you would have been fine, or there's a fact that you had to come back and have these daily reminders of, of what it was. Whereas if you stayed in Guatemala, you would have been fine. I don't know. I mean, I think that we could have been fine in Guatemala, but that's just a projection of the mind, right? right. Like of what I think would be. I don't know. To be real transparent, Guatemala was not easy. A, it wasn't easy because we immediately knew it was temporary mm -hmm. and that I had just made such a big shift and, and the, uh, the future, we went from having a plan to all of a sudden, no plan. That was very scary. Um, but Guatemala was difficult. I mean, you know, the three months we were there was a real eye opening <laughs> anyway. Okay. We lived in a really remote village that didn't have a, a lot of 
resources and access and it was difficult to get to. It was a very bumpy three hour road trip from the airport um, where everyone was getting car sick. So, you know, selling Guatemala retreats, I did a few there, which were brilliant because it is so freaking special, mm-hmm. but they're hard to sell because people don't know it's so special. It's not like selling Thailand or India or Hawaii, where, you know, you're going somewhere. It's like Guatemala people. I don't, for whatever reason, I didn't know it was that epic. So I don't, I'm not sure, but here okay. I am, I come home. And then when I finally realize that, I miss my community and I'm so lonely at home and the the best, like I'm driving by my old studio that I'm not even teaching at. And I asked them if I could come back and teach on the schedule. And at first they told me no, because all of the classes were full and the teachers, my beautiful beloved teachers who are all brilliant and amazing, who I trained for all of those years, were shining and thriving and they were teaching the trainings and they were teaching the chakras and they were leading the retreats and they were doing all the things that I had been doing and they were good at it. Amazing. So you almost, you did time. too good. You did, you did too good. And that's a great point. You did the branding. They were fine without you. You did such a great job that they're right. saying, no, we don't, we're, we're, we're good. We don't, we don't need you anymore. And I was crushed. <laughs> I was devastated. I mean, I had a real emotional breakdown, um, a real emotional breakdown like that hit me. I mean, I thank God for therapy of course. and yoga. Thank God for yoga. Cause it, it got me through, but, um, eventually they brought me back on the schedule because the schedule always changes in yoga, like things, you know, the schedule always changes. So they brought me back And that was amazing. They brought me back and I got to teach there, but I wasn't the owner. And I was only back like three or four months. And then COVID happened. COVID happens, right? No one expects the Spanish Inquisition, right? As my father would say. So so COVID happens, you know, so here you are, you've kind of gone through all the emotions. You know, it's tough to sell business. It's tough. It's tough to retire. It's tough to all these changes. I mean, I went you know, a huge change in my life, you know, that's, that's really, people don't understand really, I think how hard it is to do that. But so you're back there, COVID happens. And so what happens? How does this opportunity to unsell your business happen? Yeah. So at first I tried to just help the new owner. Like I was invested in the community and I didn't want, I didn't want to like, I didn't, I didn't want to take it down, but he didn't know how to pivot. So I slid in as if I was being paid as the manager, even though I wasn't. And I immediately like, I'm the one who got us online. Like I had been working online already. I already had Zoom. Nobody knew what Zoom was. I'd been using it for three years. Like I already had digital courses. I already had a platform. So I quickly like helped him pivot and began like coaching and managing the teachers again, unpaid because I knew that if he, if he loses the business, I'm losing my income. Cause I was still getting paid from him. But in March of 2020, like immediately he stopped paying me. And, and at first I was like, I can work with him and I'm going to keep investing in this. But then he stopped paying some of the staff and the teachers and began like, and I know it was a really hard time and, mm-hmm. and I, and I get, it was a really hard time for small business owners and we were shut down and we couldn't, you know, pay the rent. And that was a really hard thing for him. So I had a lot of empathy, but he began to make poor choices. Like when the studio was shut down, he was still running people's credit cards without them knowing and charging wow. people for a studio that was closed. 
and um, and he started owing a lot of people money. Um, and I no longer felt like I could support what the choices he was making and I had to go rogue. So as soon as I went rogue, I had to start another brand online and all the 305 teachers and most of the students followed me and I took down 305 yoga. That was awesome. I had to stay that cocoon. was awesome. I, I love it. Choices and like this. Now you probably had an agreement, right? Whatever you you can't compete or anything like that, but you know the lawyer in me. But this guy breached it. No, my non-compete was over. Okay, well, and even at that, he would you know what by what he was doing, you know, because yes, you felt bad, you had empathy, but you know how the world was a year and a half ago. There was plenty of you know the government stepped in, was helping a lot of companies. A lot of people were communicating. Everybody was having a hard time of it, but you know there's different ways to handle it. So so you step in. He starts making rad choices. You go rogue. You take back the teachers, you take back the, the students. And, that, yeah. and that's awesome because that's the right thing to do because, yeah. you know, now, and I now all of a lawyer. sudden, right, they, they, they kind of didn't need you, but then, you know, the pandemic happens and, and, and here you are again. So that's awesome. So, so then what happens? I called the lawyer who um, was the one who did my, my contracts with him to begin with. And, um, and the lawyer basically told me this. He's like, look, if you buy a car from Toyota, and you're making your monthly payments to a Toyota, when you stop making them after two or three months, Toyota takes the car back and you don't get any of the money back. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you can get the business back. But by then we had already like, the business was closed. So I went ahead and spent the money, not knowing what the end result was going to be. I went ahead and spent the money and told the staff, told the teachers, I'm going to get 305 yoga back and I'm going to reopen one day. And we didn't know anything that was happening at the time, but spent the money on the lawyer. Lawyer did his thing. I won the business back, but now it's already closed. Mm -hmm. So I just owned the brand for another year, um, continued to go through trauma in my own family and COVID and all the things. And then um, it, this year, like- You reemerge, you reemerge. I know it's funny, like you, you we talked about and how I say, and probably I've been a, you know, it wasn't the best thing to think that I'm the brand, the brand name doesn't matter. Um, a few months ago, yeah, I, I, maybe multiple months ago, I, I tell my wife, there's little, little banners start showing up around the neighborhood. I'm like, and then and I literally remember it was either on my bike or with my dog. I'm like, wait a second, I had to do a double take. That's the 305 yoga logo. Wait a second, are they, are they back open, right? So you start, you start going, putting, putting it out there and, uh, and you, you're able to find a new place, a new home. Yeah, you know, I went all the way back to my old way of being when I started the studio where I am scrubbing the floor, I am cleaning the toilet, I am teaching most of the classes for the first four months. I was the only manager, like it was all the way back to the roots of when I met you, when, and before I had a team and managers and everything. And I just went all, I found, I found a space and negotiated the lease. I reopened. I took a loan. I, you know, I did, I did all the things I'm doing all the things. Let me things. ask that. Let me ask this. Going back and doing it all over again, right? Getting in there, doing all these things, getting the loan. How did that feel? Um, I was scared because I was not like deathly frightened of COVID, but I was afraid of COVID because I had been alone in my house for three years. Everybody else was only alone in their house for two years. I'd been alone in my house for three years, almost four years. So I was scared um, mm -hmm. about the risk and I was scared of being wrong. I was afraid that I like exactly what you said that 
Am I moving backwards? Am I afraid to move forward? Am I clinging to the past of what was? Am I looking backwards and thinking the best years are behind me and I'm trying to recreate something that was amazing back in the past? I was really scared. But you moved but, forward, but you did it. You you went at it. What I did? What made you do that? Is that because I, I think that's something yeah. my wife and I talk about all the time. You seem to be a similar personality that my wife and I learned from her. She's an inspiration. Like if it scares her, she runs right at it. Yeah, and, she and does. Yeah, and that's and that's what it, that's amazing. But so you're yeah. scared, but you're running right at it. Yeah. You're doing it. I have, you know, I I'm very clear now, like, this is what brings me joy. This is what brings me joy. This is what lights me up. If I, it's eight o'clock at night and all of a sudden the teacher texts me, I got a flat tire and I can't teach my class and I have to get up and put pants on and go to the studio to teach a class. It brings me joy. And those things used to weigh me down. And now I even appreciate the struggles. Like I missed it. I love it. I'm good at this and there that is, feels good. You are good at this and there is happiness and joy. My wife said there, there is joy in struggle. There, there's happiness in the grind. And sometimes, yeah, our, our, our mind goes in a different direction. And that's where I got when I had to leave the law, I probably could have made it work, but I was, I was gone. It was like the end of the world. I didn't want to have anything to do with it, but yeah. there is a lot of, of peace and tranquility, especially when you start all over. And it's just you because I went through that and it was hard and it was scary, but it kind of, it makes you kind of young again. You, you remember yeah. what, what you did and, and it was just, it, it reminds you like, you, I love that you're saying it reminds you to just to focus on your joy. Yeah. And it really is about, um, I feel like I, I started so humble in this business because of my background and, and then I, I think I kind of fell in to the hype a little bit and this I think there was a phase there in in the early 2000s where I don't know like maybe I realized for the first time that bigger things could be possible for me and I never realized that before and then I went for bigger things and I've achieved some bigger things I've had some success outside of the studio as well but none of it brought me joy yeah and awesome. the very thing like uh, what I love more than anything is, is the connections that I make with the people, with the students, with the teachers and, and the value in that is immeasurable in my life. And I know that when I focus on that and I let that and the depth of the yoga, when I allow the uh, yoga and the connections to be the priority over the revenue, I'll always make my revenue goals. Yeah. I love it. It's all about connections. That was the thing that I really didn't like about the law. There was always a fight. It was always adversarial. And now what I do, it's about, you know, it's about helping people being there with them, just answering and make them feel comfortable. Uh, that's everything. It's all about the relationships. So yeah. let me ask you this, you know, the planner, I know your systems, you know, everything like that. Now, as you, as you sit here today, uh, you know, what, what are the plans for the future? Are, are you as as strict on all of your procedures and everything like before, or, or wh wh where are you now? And whether it be, we won't go all too far, you know, one, three, five years, like what are, what are your thoughts now? Yeah, you know, I, um, I know that we're gonna, 
there's a lot of abundance and, and, and success available for the business here. Um, and with that, I, I plan to elevate my teachers and continue to give them opportunities to shine and grow and increase their revenue and, and earnings as well. I think that's uh, part of my longer term plan, but I don't, I don't, I don't see myself the need to grow. I don't need a bigger studio. I don't need multiple locations. Um, I'm just going to, the plan is just to keep teaching good yoga. And instead of going bigger and broader, I want to go deeper. I want to take this existing community. I want to be like, you you don't see, I'm not on social media the way that I think other owners or or senior teachers are because my, my goal at, at losing the studio and going online and doing the online thing, and then going through COVID and doing the online thing and this this desire to constantly like scale and reach and grow more and more people, more people, bigger, more visibility, more out there. It doesn't serve me. I don't care for it. I don't care. I like, I don't even have makeup. Like even if this was a live video, I still I wouldn't have put makeup on for this today. Like I don't, I, I, ha, I don't, I don't know. I don't have two fucks to give. I'm sorry if you have to bleep that out, but I just don't, I don't have, I don't have them. And, and I'm not going to do, I can't play that game anymore. I'm just going to, be sweaty and 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 you you're the people who walk in here are not going to see me in a matching bra top and and hundred dollar yoga outfit you're going to see me in my husband's borrowed sweatpants that are two sizes too big and some granny panty lines and i'm just going to teach yoga that's my goal for the next five years i love it no no uh no no fucks to give i i'm the same exact way when i stopped practicing law i don't think i've I've worn a suit maybe once since then i don't care i'm a t-shirt Guys, people would make comments to me. I would go talk to people, you know, potential clients, and they'd made a comment. Well, you know what? You're not the right person for me. You know, that person would not be the right person for your for your studio. So I absolutely, uh, I love it. So then let me, I always like to finish off with this, uh, you know, this one question. So this long story, right? And you, you can go back to 2018, you can go back to, you know, 2008, 2006, whatever it might be. But if you were to turn back and go to yourself back then, and you were to tell yourself something, that you know now that you wish you knew then and you wish someone had told you, what would that be? You know, you sent me this question and I have been pondering it for the last 24 hours. Like I really sat with it because it's a, it's a tough question to answer. Um, I think that if I could go all the way back to the very beginning, I would, um, I would tell myself that, um, that I'm smarter than I think I am. (laughs) Like, I did not know that I was intelligent when I started this process. I just had a lot of passion. Um, And that bigger is not better. Like, don't fall, don't buy in to the cultural narrative of success. That means, I, I think today's culture is only wants you to inhale. I'm gonna grow, 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 and it's not sustainable. I wanna be in the inhale and the exhale. I'm gonna grow and then I need to pull back and then I'm gonna grow and then I'm gonna go pull back. And when I'm doing that, when I'm following the rhythm of the prana in that way, growth is allowed to be very different and it doesn't have to be external. It isn't about how much money I make. I'm driving a 2007 Honda. I don't even, I have a CD player, right? I don't even have a USB port and I have never been fucking happier than I am right now. I love it. You're going to go crank up your, your CD volume. I, 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 I just, uh, you know, I, I love that answer. And, and 
you know, for many people, like remember when I was starting out, because that I just so agree with what you're saying. At one point, a long time ago, someone told me that if you're not growing, you're going out of business, right? And that got stuck in my head. And that just messed with me so for so many years. And it's so not true. And it's like, exactly, it's someone else's narrative. Your narrative is trust yourself. You're smart enough. You're good enough. I love go deeper, not bigger. It's just a great uh, great uh, words of advice for anybody out there, right? Whoever, whether they're thinking about doing a business, whether they're in their business, uh, whatever it might be. Terry, this was awesome. You're awesome. I knew that already, but you're awesome. Uh, this is a, this was a great time, and I and I really appreciate you joining me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It feels good to get all this off my chest, and um, and I hope that there's some value for your listeners. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Thanks, Terry.